Are you ready for a podcast? This is Corey, and this is the Year of the Anthem podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 279 of the Year of the Anthem podcast, coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening to us on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way of doing it is going to anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. You can be linked to any of the podcatchers that you listen to, Apple, uh, Spotify, Google, everything. It's all available there. And, of course, you can find more O the Anthem at O the Anthem on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you're checking us out right now at Facebook.com forward slash O the Anthem. And uh, you can find more videos, all the videos, YouTube.com forward slash O the Anthem. And, of course, everything O the Anthem related, including the merchandise store, is at OTheAnthem.com. Yes, indeed. So uh, let's kick off. Uh, we had a little break because, you know... The Orioles suck, uh, <laughs> so we didn't have a lot to talk about, but uh, it's exciting. We're back. Only five weeks to go before? Four weeks to go? Four, yeah. Four weeks to go. So uh, it's time to bring back that old standby, sports ball. Sports ball. Yes. So uh, before we dive into preseason football, another story. I mean, the Orioles suck. They still suck. Uh, we're not making the playoffs. Uh, we'll be lucky if we get <laughs> no. 50 wins this year. Um, <laughs> not the Orioles. Luckily, uh, we're not the only team bur- burgeoning on 50 wins this year. So that's uh, that's good. It's feast yeah. or famine. Uh, the the uh, MLB has turned into basically our fantasy football league. Uh, fa- <laughs> feast and famine. But uh, a little bit of Orioles uh, excitement this yeah, year. Yeah, a little, or a this, little uh, intrigue. Week. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't pay attention to the MLB, uh, Chris Davis and Brandon Hyde had a bit of an exchange this Brandon. week. Brandon Hyde. I, I, ke- I don't know why. I think it's I just think because... I keep thinking of Brendan, I do keep my brother. Brendan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, somebody who's cool, calm, and collected, but for some reason makes uh, some irrational person very, very <laughs> mad all the time. <laughs> Looks like a Muppet. Yeah, a little bit like a Muppet. Yeah, sure. Uh, but no, so uh, they had a bit of an exchange. And, uh, I mean, Brendan kind of looks like Beaker. I, I never thought about that. He does burr, 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 burr. Yeah. I mean, not the voice, obviously, <laughs> yeah. but the, uh, you know. He's That's what very, it sounds like to me. Very long head and uh, yeah. like, tough to pair and scientist. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so bad. It works. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, anyway, uh, Brendan Hy- Brandon Hyde yes. and Chris Davis had a bit of an exchange in the dugout this week. They did indeed. Yeah. Uh, was not caught on Madison cameras, but was caught on the Yes cameras. Yes. Um, basically, it looked like Brandon Hyde said something to Chris Davis, and then Chris Davis got really upset and then started charging at him where, like, Trumbo and uh, Don Long and a couple other people had to, like, hold him back. And then Brandon Hyde just continued to walk into the dugout. So I did a, uh, a little research, and I was wrong at what I said in the pre-show meeting. It turns out this was them coming off the defensive field in the mm. fifth inning. Yeah. And there had been like three errors in the inning. And basically, Chris Davis was, uh, who's playing first base, a rare field appearance for him. Uh, And keep in mind, he's batting 167, which is 100 more than the $67 million he got paid to play baseball this year. Um, And he apparently was like, come on, guys, get it together. Like, we could, we, what are you doing out there? Let's play some baseball. And apparently, Brandon Hyde said something along the lines of, when you start performing in the batter's box, maybe you can have something to say about how people are playing in the field. And, um, Chris Davis later said, oh, you know, I just feel like I've been at my breaking point. Everyone knows I've been struggling offensively, and uh, it just set me off when he said that. Uh, and, and Brandon Hyde has, uh, as a manager, tends not to, said nothing yeah. uh, about the incident. Um, except for uh, there was there was some uh, thought that he, well, first of all, uh, everybody on Twitter went rampant with it, and it's like, how are you going to start a fight and then walk away? Like, no, you got to get in his face. It's like, no, listen, nah. Chris Davis punches the manager. This the, this happened once before, and Bryce Harper ended up getting choked by Jonathan Papelbon. Also, so, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think I need that in my life right now. I don't think I needed Chris Davis, like, choking Brandon Hyde. Yeah, also, uh, both got suspended for several games, I believe. Oh, you mean... Uh, Papelbon? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, the last thing we need, the only thing that won't help Chris Davis's batting average uh, <laughs> is him getting suspended is for not being games. on the field? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I think Brandon Hyde, to his credit, when he... he was basically just like, hey, I think he was doing the manager thing of like, hey, shut it down. You know, these guys are trying. You're trying. We're not doing very well. Right. Just shut it down. Um, and I mean, Chris it was Davis, a really bad game. It was like 14 yeah. to 3 or something like that. It was not going well. Uh, Chris Davis, uh, steroids raging in his system. Uh, of course, uh, allegedly. I don't want to put anything on him. But um, 
Lost his cool. And Brandon Hyde, being the manager, was like, all right, I don't want to have to suspend you for punching me, so I'm going to go into the clubhouse, basically. Yeah. Go for a walk and let you cool down. And um, I'm going to watch the rest of this one from my office. Yeah. Uh, that was an option. <laughs> uh, Mark Trumbo, who apparently still plays for the Orioles, and I had no idea. I uh, haven't heard his name in a while, except for holding back Chris Davis during this fight. Um, held him back and uh, kept him from chasing Brandon Hyde. So uh, not a lot of excitement on the field. A little bit of excitement in the dugout. Yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, Twitter went wild with it, and it's just like, uh, I don't know why Brandon Hyde went running. Uh, it would take Chris Davis nine or ten swings to actually connect with him, so he had plenty of time and uh, uh, thus such things. So I, I, uh, I, I don't uh, – something tells me this will just blow over. Yeah, yeah, and totally Chris Davis will not be a member of the team at the end of the year, but uh, if who's taking on that contract though? Nobody. It's, he's just going to get cut, and they're going to pay him to go home. Probably. Jesus uh, what, what's the point of like continuing in with this? Send him down to Norfolk. Make him the best uh, paid AAA player. <laughs> I don't in think baseball. you can. I don't think you can at this point. Oh, man, that's what that's what I'm saying. You know what? I I I, I do have an honest question though, and I, I've never asked this like out loud on the podcast forum. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if anybody in the Orioles beat has ever bothered to ask this question. And it's just something that's sort of been sticking with me here recently. Uh, Chris Davis is naturally right-handed. Yeah. He throws right-handed. Yeah. Uh, But he bats left-handed. And I know there's a lot of people who like to bat left-handed, even they throw right-handed and stuff like that. That's not really what I'm... uh, I'm I'm not talking about, like, his preference. I'm just sort of talking about, like, maybe he would be a better hitter if he hit right-handed. And has he ever tried? And has he ever tried? Is there something wrong with it? Is is his swing even worse from the right side? I mean, like, usually... It's weird to not be able to. You can usually when people are right-handed and they bat left-handed, it's Mm -hmm. a choice. It's like I like how I can see things differently. I like how how it feels when I'm swinging. Uh, I'm using my power hand up front as opposed to like in the back. Uh, But is it? It it, it, has has he ever examined the possibility that maybe he shouldn't be batting left-handed? Maybe he should be batting right-handed. There was we could do that like uh, fake injury. Like he has a. a right wrist injury that's keeping Switching him around. from swinging from the left. So now yeah. he's going to go to Norfolk and work on his right-handed swing for a little bit and see if like we can salvage this at all. Well, uh, there was a guy I played uh, Little League with who ended up going into the minor leagues for a little while uh, before he realized that, you know, you're never going to get to the show, uh, and uh, this is in Bull Durham, so let's go get a job. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. basically what Especially because minor league baseball players get paid like $12,000 a year. Yeah, like- it's, it's not really a job. Uh, and... Uh, you take a lot of time, so you can't really hold a job other than that. Yeah. Like, I'm going to bartend six months a year and then go play baseball six months a year um, and make $20,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Make more men- money bartending than you do baseballing. When, uh, when he was um, playing in Little League, he was always a right-handed batter. And when he went to high school, uh, it, probably I think his junior or senior year, when they were looking at him, when colleges were looking at him, he went through this cold streak. And they switched him around to the left-handed. And he was always like a mediocre, not like a mediocre hitter, but like he was a uh, put it where he wants to kind of hitter. Mm. Switch him up to the left side and he starts banging home runs. Yeah. And then that's when they were like, what? This guy's a power hitter from the other side of the plate. And then he went into the to the minor leagues and just always stayed left handed. And it begs the question, did that something like that happen to Chris Davis? And they're just like, well, if you put him on the other side of the plate and he's actually hitting the ball. Yeah. Who cares if he hits home runs? Put I mean, in the field. If Chris, if Chris Davis switched over to the right hand, right side of the plate, and hit two seventy five with thirty five home runs or something like that, I'd be fine. That would be a perfectly yeah. reasonable. I like, don't need sixty home runs. Yeah, I'd like you to connect two or three times out of ten. And I mean, like the years that he was his best, the uh, like twenty twelve and twenty fourteen years, mm-hmm. I guess. There were the one, were, were those the ones I'm thinking of? Or uh, yeah, 2014 was the uh, was the uh, twenty twelve, twenty fourteen. And 2014 was the year he got suspended as we went to the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so that wasn't it. It was it was the year other years then, I guess. Yeah, the in between years because well, he got that big contract in 2016. Regardless, yeah, it, it doesn't really matter. But I'm saying like when he was really good, it was not only that he was hitting all these home runs, like hitting 50 something home runs. It was that he was hitting like to all fields yeah. and he was like dropping in these nice little doubles along the left field line and stuff like that. He had a like, high on base percentage. 
and a I lot mean, of it, home runs. Yeah, I mean, it, what, it, his batting average was always terrible, but he was yeah. still figuring out some sort of way to get on base, and that was... And being clutch. Yeah. And not breaking down in the ninth when you need a hit and striking out. That's oh, the and key. when he did, did connect on a home run, it was a sight to be seen. Yeah. Because <laughs> who would travel? Well, the, but, the other thing we were talking about, the, him being left-handed, is like uh, when you're in the minor leagues especially... The trip out to the right field fence is generally shorter than the trip out to the left field fence. Yeah. And some guys uh, switch around to make it a little easier to hit. Well, and then there's the people like Ichiro who like his father determined that he would be a second and a half quicker to first base (laughs) if he started in left field box. So taught him how to swing left handed. Listen, I know it's completely unnatural. unnatural. It is completely unnatural, but I want you to switch to the other side, and I'm going to have you take 15,000 hits. I'm going to do that to all my kids. I'm, they're going to all be right-handed. I'm just going to be like, you're going to be a lefty pitcher, and you're going to work forever. Like Chris, uh, or uh, Corey, can o- what happened to- You can 72 miles an hour. They'll hire you. It doesn't matter. What happened, uh, what happened to all the, the kids? What happened? Like, well, I uh, had 10 boys. Uh, <laughs> One of them survived childhood. Uh, the very high suicide rate uh, from me switching oh. them up left to right and confusing them <laughs> and forcing them to go outside in the rain to throw 1,000 pitches a day. And Tommy John surgery at six years old. <laughs> I figured it would make them stronger. <laughs> Curveballs at three. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on, get that spin rate up. Oh, uh, <laughs> my. Uh, anyway, so uh, baseball, though, we... Uh, Season's not over yet. We still got a lot of season left. A uh, month and a half yeah. of season left. Uh, but the good news is football's back to save us. Yay! Um, and woe to ye who have your fantasy draft already <laughs> because of uh, situations like Antonio Brown yeah. out in uh, Oakland uh, slash Vegas. It's Vegas, I, but Oakland. Yeah, they're doing they're doing the Raiders on the hard knocks. I just don't understand how they're not talking about like the move like all the time. Yeah, it's just like they're like you're like showing beautiful like vistas of like Napa Valley, and I would just have like the narrator just all the time be like Napa Valley, home of the Raiders for the last thirty years and for the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> this will be the last season out here in uh, beautiful Napa Valley before they go to the beautiful Sin City. Yeah. Well, I mean, at some point in Hard Knocks, they should if they have a stadium being built, they'll yeah. like do the thing where like, you know, like John Gruden goes and looks at it. And he's just like got a hard hat on. He's just like, wow, this place is going to be amazing. Yeah. Like, mm. I don't know. Anywho, uh, Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. Uh, Woe to ye who have drafted him already <laughs> in the first round. Two super interesting uh, pieces of information with Antonio Brown. First, he injured himself. This is one of the best sports injuries ever. Uh, and by best, I mean like most unusual sports injuries ever. Yeah. Um, he went to France uh, and had some cryotherapy done and now, did I not wear went the on proper vacation, fire- though, right? What? Went on vacation, but just did cryotherapy while he was there. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe like he just knows the best cryotherapy person is in Paris and decided to fly out there for the day. I feel like, like that the injury would not have happened if he went to the best cryotherapy place in the country. I feel like that well, no, so like, like uh, uh, sir. So uh, apparently what happens is like uh, when you go in there uh, because they're literally just like freezing you. Yeah. You uh, have to wear you, gloves. You have to wear gloves. You have to wear like uh, they're like feet mittens they're yes. like the, the super heavy socks you know um, and they coat your face with something as well yeah i think they have something on your face as well but yeah. like the idea is that uh if it, your extremities are going to feel it the first mm-hmm. and uh antonio brown did not put on the proper foot footwear and has frostbite on his feet uh and there's still like you can literally just like google antonio brown feet and see what he, he like posted it on instagram or something like that uh, it is it is very weird looking and very like i'm just uh, thinking like he's in some support group they're like what happened they're like well, I, I climbed everest uh i lost two toes uh <laughs> but it was the best experience of my life hello you? not a climbed everest yeah it's like uh what happened to you uh cryotherapy didn't want to wear the stupid fucking mittens <laughs> embarrassed they made me look dumb and the girl was hot so i was just like no mittens froze my toes <laughs> off so sorry anywho uh but uh, the other part of this the, the the part that i just find so incredibly fascinating because it's such like a a diva move um the nfl has a new regulation about what helmets can be worn and only the approved helmets can be worn on the field and one of the things is like they have to be it has to be a relatively new helmet. Yeah. So it has to be like in the you can't wear a helmet that's like uh, been on the field for more than 10 years or something like that, because the the structural integrity is not as good after a certain yeah. amount of time. 
Um, but Antonio Brown, while he's also dealing with his frostbite feet, is uh, trying to figure out is, is basically in the staring contest with the NFL and the Raiders about his, the helmet he's been wearing his entire career, which apparently they repaint. Like when he, mm-hmm. when he got traded to the Raiders, they repainted it. Just an old <laughs> old Steelers a, helmet. Old Steeler helmet is yeah. now a Raider helmet, and he's th- he's basically threatening that he's going to retire if he doesn't get a chance to wear his helmet. And it's one of the most unusually fascinating things I've ever heard. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think the old helmet is in any way connected to both the frostbite injury and the fight to keep the old helmet? Like maybe he took one too many ringers with a helmet that is way out of regulation (laughs) and uh, maybe just doesn't isn't thinking completely straight about it. Because 10 years ago, helmet nothing compared to the tech that they have now about yeah. like pressure release and being able to take a hit. Well, to me, that's the thing. I mean, like, uh, you know, uh, so uh, the only parable I can think of is in hockey because they used to be able to play helmets were optional for a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, by the way, there was hundred t- years between, uh, or no, 50 years between the regulation of wearing a cup and wearing a helmet yeah. in the NHL. So protect the balls. Very important. Protect the brain. Fifty years later, that's that's how the Canadians but, roll. But basically, they they uh, at a certain point they said, "All right, all players need to wear a helmet." But certain players who had been grandfathered in in the old system yeah. where you didn't have to could still continue to not wear a helmet. So you would see like one player skating around without a helmet and everyone else wearing helmets. Um, but to me, I always watch that and go like. I understand the argument that your vision is impacted a little bit by wearing the helmet. Like you don't have the same sort of like full field of vision. Yeah. Yeah. But like all it takes is one puck to the helmet. Vision. To the head, to vision like, also <laughs> impacted by puck at a hundred miles an hour, cracking you in the skull. Yeah. Sideways. Like so. I, I just never quite understood. It's like uh, people. I mean, that's it's like, listen, football is life and I is life. And I get that. But what's why? As soon as somebody developed a helmet that the NFL would let me wear, I would wear it. Yeah. I would just be like, oh, this is going to help me not get CTE. Fantastic. Let me go put that helmet on. Great. I don't understand the fight, uh, but, you know, um, perhaps I'm not Antonio Brown. I don't know. Yeah. I also don't I also get paid think, millions of I, dollars. I have to imagine that he thinks it's magical or something like that. Yeah. It's like his yeah. lucky helmet or something. Like, there's got to be some like reason why he's like dying on this hill. Mm. But, I mean, like apparently the other thing, too, is like, that throughout the course of training camp, they've been saying, like, uh, he first showed up with the helmet at first. And then they were like, hey, you can't wear that helmet anymore. He's like, threw a big fight. And then the next day came in, took the new helmet, and was practicing with that. And then a couple days go by, and then he has the old helmet back on. And they're just like, we told you about that fucking helmet. <laughs> He's just like, oh, sorry, just grabbed it by mistake. And then uh-huh. shows up the next day with the old helmet again. And they're just like, you can't wear it. We're going to take it from <laughs> you. He's like, I'm going to retire. <laughs> Uh, well, on the other side of the spectrum, <laughs> maybe he's talking to Marshawn Lynch. It could just be, like, yeah. Just Marsh- to retire. Marshawn just seems like the type of guy who would just tell people to retire. It's just like, yo, if they don't let you wear your helmet, just retire. say you're going to retire. Just retire. Well, yeah, but what if they don't let me do it? Retire. Who cares? Retire. I, mean, who I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you're Antonio Brown, man. You got money. Like, no, man. I spent all my money. What? <laughs> what? And I didn't spend any Marshawn, of my football money. Marshawn Lynch is still living in a one bedroom walk up in <laughs> Oakland. He's just like, you don't got all your money? <laughs> yeah, who also famously never spent a dime of his NFL money. <laughs> got like, got a uh, sponsorship before he entered the NFL and only spent the extra money, not his yeah. paycheck. So Incredible. Incredible man. foresight by yeah. Marshawn Lynch. Good for him. So you can say shit like, I'll fucking retire, man. I, I don't even care. I got millions in the bank. I, I literally I have $170 million in the bank right now. I haven't touched any of it. <laughs> oh, man. I was just um, going to buy Dubai at some point. On the other side of the coin, though, uh, the Ravens had their first uh, preseason game. Yes. Uh, if you want to know how it went, final score, 29-0 to zero against the Jaguars. Uh, now, keep in mind, it's also against the Jaguars. So, it's also you know, preseason football. It's yeah, not- yeah. So, uh, Lamar was out there for, but what, a drive and a half, maybe, or he was, two? He was out there for a little while. But yeah. uh, here's the thing. Uh, and, uh, again, uh, uh, the NFL is just fucking stupid in this regard. Like, if there was... A, if there was a MLB TV equivalent to the NFL, I would have it. Yeah. But the problem is that like the cost of the NFL Sunday ticket streaming package is like 160 bucks a month or something like that, and that's just not worth it to me. 
Um, I want to see one team. I don't yeah. really care about the rest and of And you don't get preseason games. Yeah. And I know that preseason games aren't like, you know, like nobody really wants preseason games. But like to me, preseason football should be free on the Internet for everyone. Mm. Just go to NFL.com and watch whatever the local stream of the, the game is. Because I can't just like, you know, I live in L.A. I'm a Ravens fan. I can't go and watch the Ravens preseason game anywhere unless it happens to be on ESPN for whatever reason, right. you know, like yeah. it's a Hall of Fame game or something like that. I can't watch it unless it's on a big network. So I end up going into the season not having seen any of the preseason, mm-hmm. not knowing how these players look, and then going like, you know, like you know, like oh, who's this new running back we have? It's just like Mark Ingram, he signed with the team. It's just like first time I'm seeing him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's. Explain that yeah. explains a lot about your fantasy performance in the past, past few years. I <laughs> it's think. all based yeah. off of prior years, just prior years knowledge and taking Patrick guesses. Mahomes taking number one overall. I'm just like, it's not. There's no way this is gonna go wrong. Mm, yeah, <laughs> uh, Antonio Brown taking number one overall. <laughs> he had a really good season last year. I'm not uh, taking this Le'Veon Bell guy though. Oh my! He didn't God. have a single yard last year. What's his problem? What's the news on him? Is he gonna play this year? <laughs> He was on my bench all year last he's gonna, year. He's going to hold out again. I was going to sign say. a big new contract and just be like, you know what? No, actually, it's not good. I'm going to redo this. <laughs> I hope. Oh, God. I hope he plays. Please play. Please let me draft. Let's well, the, now everyone's gun shy because there's a couple players. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott's like saying like he's going to hold out and uh, Melvin Gordon is too. And it's just like. <laughs> every, I think everyone who had uh, Le'Veon Bell last year is so gun shy. They're just like. Can't draft Melvin Gordon now. Nope. Can't risk it. Nope. <laughs> I took up a bench, a bench spot all year long with Le'Veon Bell saying, like, teasing us every week. Like, oh, we're getting close now. I might be, might be back. I'm ready to go anytime they want to sign that Unfurling contract. Unfurling the jersey and putting it on the bed and just being like, can't wait to wear you, beautiful. Mm, why are you doing this to me? Okay. <laughs> all right. And then we passed the trade deadline and we're like, okay, well, you know, so I guess I can trade him now. But then he's just like, I did, I did I'm ready like, for, for the playoffs. If we make the playoffs. I did like that he, he is aware enough of uh, the current structure of the NFL and like where fans come from Yeah, that he spent some time early in the uh, uh, preseason here or early in training camp with a message to the fantasy football players mm-hmm. going like, listen, I'm sorry last year I screwed a lot of you guys, but I had to look out for me. And yep. that was, that was, a, a, you know, I, I wanted to be on that field. It wasn't that I was doing this on purpose, but for all those who still believe in me, all those who still <laughs> yeah want to take a chance, even after I hurt you last year, realize that you will be rewarded dramatically. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I would look out for me last year. I'm looking out for you this year. Yeah. All right. Like basically saying, like, I'm going to look out for fantasy football. Players. 40 points a week. First of all, you don't call the plays, Le'Veon. Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> Sam Darnold is like going back in the pocket and Le'Veon just grabs, grabs it and runs. <laughs> Actually grabs Sam Darnold, puts him up over his shoulder and goes running down the field with him. Wait, wait, Fireman who gets the points for that? The field? Who gets the points for that? Does Le'Veon get that if his feet are the only ones touching the ground? Is that how that works? Everybody at uh, NFL is like, all right, how are we going to score that? I don't know. Uh, technically, the quarterback had the ball, but... Uh, you lose by one point to Rob Clark because he has Sam Darnold and you have Le'Veon Bell and they count it for Sam Darnold. It's just like, you fucks! God damn it, Yahoo! He did zero work, all right? Come on. Anyway, uh, so I think that that is uh, all we have for sports ball. But, hey, I am excited. Football is back. Uh, it's coming up on draft time. And then September 5th? No, week, next week. Second week of September. Something like that. Football's back. Very exciting. <laughs> 9 a.m. wake-ups on Sunday now. God <laughs> damn it. So maybe not. Maybe not so excited. <laughs> We'll we'll figure out. I, I, there's got to be a closer place. To yeah. Link. Here's what I'm just gonna send a message to uh, to the ownership. What's his name? What's his name? Of owner of the Ravens. Oh, Steve Bashotti. Bashotti. Steve. Yeah. Listen, I like could use three teams. Uh, move <laughs> the team here. All right. No, don't do that. Yeah, move the team here. Baltimore's <laughs> been through heartbreak before. They can deal with it. It'll be fine. We'll get another team eventually. Move down. Just three people at the LA Ram Stadium. <laughs> Weather's real nice out here. You'll enjoy it. There's oh, there's movie stars everywhere. You'll be famous. It'll be great, baby. Move out of here. Yeah. Or how about this? Just move anywhere west of the Mississippi so we get the late game. So or, we have the one o'clock game. You know what would be, probably be the easier way of doing it? Bring back blue laws. So they can't serve alcohol? Yeah. 
Because part of the Blue Laws, the 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 Colts used to play at four fifteen every right. single week because the Blue Laws. because you couldn't serve alcohol three hours after the end of a church service or right. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they had to play at four, or else they couldn't serve alcohol at the game. Mm-hmm. And we don't live in Maryland anymore, so um, yes, Blue Laws sounds like <laughs> the answer. Uh, except for if we could just have a period between say Thanksgiving and New Year's where the Blue Laws do not apply. You mean the most christian time of the year yes yeah Yeah. um listen uh if we're gonna be hypocritical let's be hypocritical i mean Uh, you can still drink you just can't purchase it right but uh then you can't be at the game no but i'm saying all the games would just start at 415 instead oh that's true and then we could have a 115 call right at uh at uh, various sports bars around the uh, Mm. around the county Mm. yeah no i'm down with that that means I'd also be able to sleep in while I was home on vacation too mm-hmm that's good I dig it yeah, yeah. that's good let's do that let's back do that. back to blue laws yeah uh moving on uh somebody who won't be watching a lot of football this season <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein uh, that was a good transition that was a good transition <laughs> yeah, yeah quality yeah. transition yeah um you found the story this morning so uh, I don't want to talk about any details because I didn't see any but yeah what, what's going on with him well uh, we should probably back up. We haven't really talked about this, Jeffrey. I mean, we talked about Jeffrey Epstein a long-ass time ago, like probably like two years ago or something like that on the podcast. Before there was a case when people were yeah, just yeah, talking yeah. about the right. story. Yeah. Because there were there were all kinds of stories about uh, specifically Trump, but mm-hmm. other well-to-do people who are friends with Jeffrey Epstein who are going out to like this man-made island in the Florida Keys and like having sex with 13-year-olds and stuff like that. Lolita Island. Yeah. Yes. And it was an, uh, like it was kind of like a, uh, a who's who of Manhattan and Florida people mm-hmm. who like do that circuit between Florida and New York. Uh, and apparently there was the same sort of thing that was going on in like the uh, shit, what's the what's the New York version of the the beach? Uh, the Hamptons. Yes. Yeah. Uh- I had no idea what you were talking about. I'm like the New York version of the like Coney Island. No, no, no. Uh, you know, like the, I was meant like the destination. Resort. Yes. Yeah. The Hamptons. So you take the uh, helicopter that or the the uh, what's it called the junkie junket junket. Oh, the uh, jitney. Jitney. Yeah. To the Hamptons. Yes. Yeah. That's for they, us normies. <laughs> yeah. Epstein didn't have to take the jitney. No. He, no. Could, he could just get in his helicopter and go. Anywho, um, uh, guillotines. He was. Uh, uh, there, most recently, there was a case in Florida that was brought against him, mm-hmm. uh, which was dropped. Or no, he he pled guilty to some part of it, but did not get uh, significant jail time. He was right. able to leave for work release uh, to work at his. Uh, what was he again? A stock trader or something like that? Uh, like, yeah, like tr- uh, fund manager. Yeah, like I think. A, yeah, yeah, general fund manager or something like that. Um, but it, it it was a big joke because, you know, he's rich and powerful and uh, he was kind of caught dead to rights with all these like young women who he was like shepherding across the country. Yep. Uh, working for him and like giving out massages and blowjobs to powerful people and recruiting other women. Yeah. And to do it like so. the whole thing was really sickening. Uh, the D.A. who was responsible for trying that case is now working in the Trump administration. Uh, there was some blowback recently about. Uh, him having to leave because he didn't properly uh, try and get Epstein for these awful crimes in Florida. Uh, But more recently, in the last couple weeks, uh, New York had taken it up and charged him with uh, two different counts of... uh, Fuck, what's the name of it? Uh, Man Act. It's like sex trafficking, basically. Man Act. Transporting a woman across state lines for sexual purposes. Yeah. Um, and he was facing the possibility of 45 years and he's already 60 something. So that would have been a life sentence. Um, and there was a lot of conversation going on sort of in the periphery about things that were coming out about the case. He tried to commit suicide last week, uh, was put on suicide watch. Let's not skip over the fact that the things that were coming out in the periphery were every famous dude you know who lives in new york was going to these islands yeah like alan dershowitz well, I mean, who's that, not even that famous but yeah, he was on that well that was list. the thing for the, the last couple weeks there's been i mean like part of the reason we haven't talked about it too is because there was there seemed to be other more important like relative things that were going on and yeah. we were trying to focus more on the uh like 
this seems like we could start talking about this any week kind of right. thing. Like we don't have this trial is going to last forever yeah. and uh, it'll come up any time. And then and at some point, something interesting will happen and we could talk about it then and we can sort of backtrack on this whole thing. But <laughs> something interesting happened. Yeah, so, something interesting happened mm-hmm. for sure. Anyway, yes. uh, he was found dead this morning in his jail cell, uh, no longer on suicide watch. And uh, there aren't a lot of details specifically about what uh, what is going on with this thing. Uh, and I hate to be this person because it makes me sound like uh, some sort of Fox News loon <laughs> when I start getting into this. But this does not add up. This is very fishy. And it does not feel like uh, he just decided to commit suicide this morning. It feels more like somebody murdered him. And... Uh, who, what was, I'm, who was the I'm very player? I'm very very worried about what we're what we're gonna hear or not hear about this case in the next coming coming days. Who's a football player who was murdered? Somebody he played for the Patriots. God damn it! Um, oh, uh, Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. Uh, and the entire time we were like, yeah, th- there is no. This does not make sense. Why would he kill himself? Doesn't really. How would he have done it? He was on suicide watch the whole nine, but then he's dead. And it's just like, oh, there's more at play here. And they just wanted to, eh, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. This one is even more suspicious than that one, where it's just like a lot of powerful people have a lot to lose. Well, yeah. So, and by the way, life sentence, maybe, but you can get a lot of time taken off when you start testifying against other people who maybe yeah. had sex with minors. Yeah. Especially if one of those people is, I don't know, the president of the United States. <laughs> so here is the interesting. Here, here's where it gets really. Uh, so <laughs> yesterday, uh, they had released uh, uh, as part of the uh, investigation some names that had come up in uh, some of the illicit, <laughs> illicit yeah. sexual acts that had occurred uh, under Epstein's watch. And the names included Alan Dershowitz, mm-hmm. uh, former Senator George Mitchell, uh, the former governor of New Mexico, Bill Richardson, and uh, Prince Andrew. Of the uh, United Kingdom. Yeah, of Wales. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you might think, wait, wait, is this the listing of a board uh, of some <laughs> uh, repute? And you're like, no, no, no. This is a list of men who traveled to an island that Jeffrey Epstein kept to have sex with children. Yeah. That's who this is. Yes, teenage girls. Teenage, young teenage well, yes, girls. Teenage yeah. girls, I should say. Yeah, teenage girls. I mean, uh, still Women, children, but yes. I'm saying like girls it, it, under the age of eighteen. I feel like I feel like when you say children, people think like six or seven yeah. year olds, as opposed to like I mean, it's not any better or worse. I'm just saying like it's it's <laughs> Girl, teenage girls yeah. who were transported to that island to avoid American law to be made available for American businessmen for sexual for acts. sexual purposes. Yeah. Yes, and. Uh, I will say this: uh, the 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 potential foul play that that unnerves me the most is the uh, Trump matter of this, Ooh. because hmm. uh, he is in federal prison, so uh, the Department of Justice is responsible for all the all the prison guards, all the people who work in the penitentiary, all the all the chains of uh, the chain of custody is in the the Department uh, uh, Department of Justice yep. right now, uh, headed by Bill Barr. Who has known to throw interference for Trump and to lie to Congress and to lie to Congress? Yeah, under and Trump had a long friendship with Epstein. There's many pictures of him and Epstein together. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, there's a picture of him, Bill Clinton, and Epstein on a plane on the way to Lolita Island. Yeah, funny enough. And uh, there are there are a lot of conversation that uh, so the story we talked about like two years ago mm-hmm. on the podcast with epstein was uh in regards to uh trump and a uh a report that he was uh using epstein for these services right was, yeah was uh uh as recently as a couple years ago they're uh sleeping with underage women just before and, he decided to run for president right yeah so yeah. um if there was some sort of foul play involved that emanated from the White House and through the Department of Justice into this prison, into Epstein being killed, and then some sort of cover up to make sure that this doesn't go wide, mm-hmm. then that is a very dangerous thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't like it. 
more dangerous because uh, the truth will not come out. Because yeah. the only people who have evidence is the administration who wants to cover it up. Yeah, and uh, mm. though I, I worry that there's there's a lot of people on the on the outside who would be able to under like you know there, there's got to be some other security guard there who isn't like. Like, hey, it's weird that Jerry switched a lot of shifts to work on that Epstein. Maybe, maybe all by himself. That's weird. I feel like though this is the uh, the deathbed confession kind of thing, where twenty five, thirty years from now, we'll find out about it, and then everybody <laughs> Bill Barr will be is dead. just on his deathbed, and he's just like, by the way, I killed Epstein, <laughs> or had. I mean, he wouldn't have actually killed yeah. him. He I didn't had do it myself. Him. I'm a coward. I, I had somebody else do it for me. Yeah. Uh, or the guard himself will just say, "Yeah, you know, uh, I had a lot of gambling debt. Didn't want my mom or my uh, wife to find out. So, yeah, um, they found me. They took advantage of me. Paid off my debt. Killed Epstein. And I mean, like the the other thing is, and I'm not because I know that uh, probably somewhere in the offices of Breitbart right now, they're trying to figure out how the Clintons did this. Right. And I'm not yeah. saying, <laughs> I'm not saying that uh, there wouldn't have been." The, the problem Question, with the story, is there a pizza parlor near the holding facility? <laughs> the problem is that there are so many there are so many high profile people involved yeah. in uh and who who could potentially see their legacies destroyed that there are a number of people who who could be sort of seen as like suspects yeah, in a potential foul play. It's the murder on the Orient Express. Once you dig in, you realize there are so many people here who have motive to yeah. try and kill him, and all of them could have done it because they had the resources as well. So. Yeah, and the, but the most troubling being the the actual president of the United yeah. States, yeah. Yeah. like the current president of the United States, who might have organized it for his own benefit. Like that, those are those are, and it, it, here's the other thing too. I I, I was talking uh, with Roberto yesterday specifically about like Beto O'Rourke. And like how he's saying he's not going to he's going to start cursing again because he, he can't hold, help himself anymore. Um, there is a part of this where I feel like any candidate who wanted to could just show up today in front of a microphone and say uh, uh, it's not the fact that I think the president did this or that he's responsible for going through with the process of trying to kill somebody who's in jail. Mm -hmm. But. The fact that all of us hear this story and can't automatically say, no, there's no way that the president would be involved yeah. in this is a, a shocking new low for where we are as a as a as a society. It's like the same thing we were saying with the uh, the Sean uh, Souter investigation with the Baltimore Police oh, Department. Yeah, like yeah. the fact that immediately 95 percent of the people who heard it said he was killed by cops is like it, it, it's that's the worst part of being a Baltimore police officer right now is that like you just don't have the basic trust that you wouldn't even kill one of your own and the same thing could be said about this like you know like tr we don't we can't you know it's not like uh if Mitt Romney was president yeah. nobody would say like oh Mitt Romney had that guy killed because you know that Mitt Romney went to all these parties with Jeffrey yeah. Epstein like you're just like no that doesn't make sense <laughs> Romney was never seen with Jeffrey Epstein. Romney seems like the guy who's never had sex in his life except for the five children that he's fathered or whatever. Which may or may not have involved <laughs> sex. They may yeah. have been like, listen, I don't really want to touch you. Let's there just, might have uh, been like a chastity blanket with yes. a hole yeah, yeah. or something like that. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, and he's just, he, he just looks too much like a Boy Scout to have like the, the, the criminal mastermind part of like killing somebody. Obama, for all his flaws, yeah. really liked killing brown children in the third world. Probably would not have done this. And yeah. I would believe that he didn't do it. It wouldn't be my first guess. Well, I mean, like, there's a lot of people who were saying, like, you know, like, because the Clintons obviously sort of had this thing going on with, like, Seth Rich and all these yeah, other yeah. people who they who have been uh, rumored as part of, like, this criminal conspiracy that the Clintons were, were trying to take out. And I mean, like, part of the reason why, like, people would be able to believe that the Clintons would do something like this is because they so often sort of operated under their own interest yeah. and outside of the usual parameters of how things were done. So people would think that, you know, like with Clinton trying to cover up a blowjob for Monica Lewinsky for so much, like, you know, like the steps that were went through just to keep that off the radar mm -hmm. for as long as humanly possible makes people think that you're capable of doing that for other things, that there is something secret going on that you're able to get through, you yeah, know? Yeah. And uh, if you're capable, I, uh, it's a lesson that friends of ours learned very recently this week, but it if you're capable of one thing, then are you capable of the next step yeah. or something almost equally as bad? 
Well, yeah, of course we're going to question. And uh, again, I, something we brought up last week in the pre-show meeting we didn't really get to was I fully believe Trump could shoot a man on Fifth Avenue now and it would literally become a talking point. Just like, well, listen, he had it justified. He's the president of the United States. And the man came up in a very threatening manner and he shot him. Yeah. And the video comes out and the guy's running away and Trump's chasing him and he shoots him. And he's like, we don't know what happened before they started recording. Screaming the N-word. Like, yeah. Die. Bah, bah, bah. Well, but listen, Corey, as you know. <laughs> It's Hollywood that's racist and not oh, Trump. Yeah, of course, I don't yeah. know why you would bring that up. Uh, because the president made very clear this week that Hollywood is very racist and we need to focus on that and not the fact that he is inspiring white supremacists to shoot people. So, Well, do you want to do you want to get into a little bit of uh of of what the movie he is specifically talking about here? Well, I was gonna say you, if you if you know more about it, I just saw as soon as it was they were like, yeah, we're gonna postpone uh, or push this a little bit. I was like, ah, okay, so clearly it's not gonna be a thing. But uh, I mean, and the movie's called The Hunt. Yeah, uh, it's a, a Blumhouse uh, picture. Which, by the way, um, hey Blumhouse, uh, <laughs> I got a lot of really good scripts. And if you're out there and you know you're looking for something, I can make it. It's like a lot of cheap stuff you could make. <laughs> Same thing easily. with HBO and the. Uh Oh, they canceled Confederate? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder what happened with that. Maybe it wasn't <laughs> such a great idea to, you know, in this culture, write a script where the South won and yeah. slavery was still a thing. <laughs> what are you thinking? Oh, oh, probably the same thing those cops in Texas were thinking when they dragged a prisoner behind a horse. Oh, oh my God. That's... What is going on? Okay, so <laughs> I made this argument. I, you weren't here on, uh, on Thursday night? Thursday night. Right. So I've stumbled upon this thing. There is a theory out there that, it, in fact, the world did end in 2012. Okay. And that we are all now in purgatory because everything is not horrible, but it's definitely not great. Yeah. But it's way worse than it was and way weirder than it was. And when we know of people dying, they're not actually dying. They are finally being decided, good or bad, and released to whichever reward they were going to. Mm -hmm. And the rest of us are just so fucking mediocre that we remain here in purgatory. Yeah. But then I don't know the rules of purgatory because I'm not Catholic. So I don't know if I, it is like a dream where when I realize I'm in purgatory, they have to decide and send me because I realized it in Thursday and I'm still here. <laughs> but I, I, I don't think that, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's, I, I like the purgatory thought. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it would explain a lot. Yeah. But I feel like there would be some sort of like, I don't know. I, I to me, purgatory always felt like a floatless void. At not least not I, continuing to live. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. it, it didn't. It didn't ever feel like a continuation of what was going on. I mean, like so. Uh, I guess the idea that I always had of like heaven or hell was like it was a new chapter. It's like when you got dropped off at college or something like that. Right. Like, yeah. You're 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 clearly starting a new part of your life right now. And uh, it's like you die and you go to heaven and then you're just like, OK, so these are all the new people that I live with, mm -hmm. the ones who have already passed on. And later I'll see other people, you know, like Rachel and Rob will eventually come up when when they pass. <laughs> you're going to die first. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm just saying like if it, uh, I'm laws of probability, I'm I get doing, it, yes, the, I'm doing the the uh, the thought process of like <laughs> if I were to die tomorrow, like hit by a bus kind of thing, mm -hmm. then like. You know, like what I imagine heaven would be like at that moment, like when I walked in, it's just like I would see all the people that I already knew who died mm -hmm. and a lot of other people who died. You know, I could see Shakespeare like skateboarding or something like that. First of all, he's Mokepot. He's going to hell. <laughs> um, but purgatory, though, uh, is the floating void. Where yeah, you're just that's like waiting for a decision. Yeah, that's what I that's what I always it was just sort of like you're, How would they you're not decision, deserving though? of either. You just sort of go to purgatory and you float no, no, in the I void. Purgatory is where they did. They put where you all the unbaptized babies were. Yeah. They put you till they can decide. And that makes so much sense, right? Because the unbaptized babies, you let them live their lives to decide where they're going to go. A baptized baby gets to go to heaven. Unbaptized, they grow up in this world where they get to live and we figure out what are they, good or bad, and mm. then make a decision and they go, right? Mm. We're in purgatory. I've just decided that's the case. Maybe all the violence is God deciding. Yeah, yeah. And how do we maybe react? that's maybe that's where the right is right on this? Like they're just like yes and no. But do we put children in concentration? Yes, we, camps, yes, we need guns. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the I think that the people who are making those decisions are making the decision of where they're going to end up here. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, you know, so pro concentration camp, <laughs> uh, as you we recall very clearly. <laughs> I think it was the book of Matthew where he spoke mm -hmm. of like. <laughs> 
his enjoyment of putting children in cages. Yes, yeah, the uh, you know, an Arab man from Palestine, <laughs> clearly on the side of people who would create concentration camps. Uh, but anyway, uh, so. Uh, well, we covered a lot of uh, stuff in there. Where, where was the original point that you wanted to go there with the? What were you talking about? Uh, Trump's racist Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. Hunt. The Hunt. Yes. Yeah. So basically, what it was was uh, uh, some rich coastal elites go to some sort of <laughs> like compound where they get to hunt the most dangerous game. Yeah. And in this case, the most dangerous game is like Trump supporters, essentially. Yeah. So and it's supposed to be like an ultraviolet, uh, like kind of campy satire on the idea of like politics and you know the coastal elitism and i don't know like it's made by coastal elites by the way sort of hard to figure out like exactly where this movie is coming from or why like somebody was just like this sounds like it needs to be invested in like (laughs) but uh yeah i'm gonna put it this way uh i've never worked anywhere where there's more different types of people than I have in the time that I've worked in the film industry. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've had, I've never had as many female bosses. I've never had as many <laughs> as many people of color mm-hmm. that I've worked under or uh, you know parallel to in certain terms of like a work structure. Uh, and I, yeah, I I don't. Trump and this is the thing people don't realize that like this is this is the the breakthrough I've had here in the last couple days with Trump is just that everyone is trying to be political in the way they respond to him and that is not the way that it's going to work like Mm -hmm. you have to if he says something like Hollywood is racist which is just a patently dumb stupid thing to say up front uh, you need to you can't respond with some sort of thing like, uh, you know, like, well, I disagree with the president's statements and feel because then the argument that starts happening on cable news and on opinion shows and stuff like that is like, you know, like Trump said awful things about Baltimore. Elijah Cummings disagrees. Like, it's not like there's no back and forth. If Elijah Cummings at some point goes like, motherfucker, fix it. You have enough. Yeah. You can do more about this than I can. You notice there's a problem. Fix it. Then the thing would become. Trump says shitty thing about Baltimore. Elijah Cummings asks for help. Right. And then that's that becomes the story of like, should we spend more money trying to help Baltimore out of this situation? Would what would the federal intervention look like that would be able to help move a major American city forward as opposed to backwards and so stuff like that? Trump says Hollywood's racist. Someone in Hollywood says, Hey, takes one to know one. And now <laughs> we're talking about how the president's a racist. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and uh, again, this is what I'm saying. Like, one of these damn democratic presidential candidates just needs to realize that like they can't go through life doing the like, well, I disagree with the president's statements on whether or not Hitler was a pretty cool guy. And like, like, don't like just like and this is why I was saying like Beto O'Rourke as like punk rock president, like get him back to his like 90s days in a punk rock band standing on tables, yeah, cursing. You, you don't have to. He doesn't have to be like mad disrespectful or anything like that. But uh, like literally like he, he could make a lot of hay just by like people saying like. Uh, Trump, Trump, truth through gritted teeth, denounced white supremacists the other day, and then Beto could just be like, I don't know, sounds like the type of thing a white supremacist would do. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, that's a story. Like, yeah. just is he is the president <laughs> a white supremacist? Yeah, like well. don't don't the, like, oh, I'm not comfortable at this moment to determine whether or not the president has enough value of what the white supremacist movement is currently. Blah 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 blah. You know, like yeah. if you're Joe Biden your way through every single one of these goddamn answers, you're just going to hurt yourself at the end. Or Kamala Harris. Like you gotta like you just like at some point somebody's just gonna be like, yo, fuck this guy. Like real. Like <laughs> also, uh, if punk rock presidential candidate could, you know, smash a guitar over Joe Biden's head, that would also <laughs> be great. Uh and just, you know, wrap up that whole campaign. Yeah. Um or uh if Joe feels like, hey, you know what? I heard uh Beto cursing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop a curse word. Uh, and then you know, I don't know, uses the N word uh, during a uh, a speech. That would be amazing. Be like Joe, that's not a curse word. Oh, <sighs> all right, I'll yeah, go pack. You know what? You know what, Joe? You know what, Joe? You know what would be funny though, if Joe? Because I, I I imagine the the curse word that Joe Biden uses the the most is pussy. <laughs> Just naturally, like if he feels like a person who says pussy a lot, and. <laughs> 
Like, I, I would love to just be on the debate where it's just like, you know, like Cory Booker's like going at him over something. It's just like, well, you perpetuated the the awful drone warfare that was happening in the Middle East throughout your time in the Obama administration. I wouldn't do that sort of thing. It shows us like, come on, Cory, stop being such a pussy. <laughs> it's just like, all right, well, see you later, Joe. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> uh, I'm his campaign manager backstage. And I'm like, what do you say? Wait, what do you say? All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hey Jane, can you give me a flight back? Yeah, I'll be. I'm heading back to California. Yeah, no, no, it's over. That that, that was the end of it right there. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> casually walking over to Elizabeth Warren's campaign, just going like, "Good job." So, uh, did you guys get any openings? Or <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you guys get to the, pretty uh, sure I'm not going to be having a job tomorrow. So, if you want to, uh, if you get to the uh, through the everybody else, in. yeah, yeah. Uh, so just let me know. Let me know what you have available. Uh, I'll stuff mailboxes. If that's what you want. Um, I'll call people. <laughs> I, I make calls. Yeah. Uh, how are you looking in California? Just uh, let me know. <laughs> let me know. I know some people there. I know uh. Gavin Newsom. Do you know <laughs> Gavin Newsom? I'm going to introduce you. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Um, anyway, so uh, speaking of the candidates, uh, candidates are in Iowa. Yeah. Uh, they're doing candidate things like going to a breakfast. and uh, There's the Iowa State Fair this weekend. Yes. Um, talking a lot about guns and gun reform, offering plans of their own. Most of them forgetting that they still hold a public office right now and could go do something about it. <laughs> and instead, they're just talking about it in Iowa. Um, but not to be outdone, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats uh, got together this week. How about this? I got an idea. Yeah. Uh, just as a as a as a uh, as a thing that we could start doing if you were so inclined to raise the stakes on this. Uh Put out a notice if you're like, uh, say you're uh, uh, Tim Scott was or uh, what? Who's the one who's running for president? Uh, who's like way on the outside? Ohio congressman. No idea. Oh god, there's too many of them. Yeah, I can't remember. But he he was doing like a oh, walk. You mean Jeb Bush number three. Yeah, Jeb yeah. Bush number three. Right. Yeah. yeah, Democratic Jeb Bush. Yeah. Uh, he was he was planning the like this big march from Ohio to Kentucky with people who are like upset with McConnell for not acting yeah yeah i have a way to step this up uh make a list of everyone who's allowed to have a concealed per- carry permit in uh, uh kentucky mm-hmm. and just uh protest outside of mitch mcconnell's house with as many dangerous weapons as humanly possible oh yeah, yeah see well. how quickly uh once once there's 300 ak-47s outside of mitch mcconnell's house how quickly he decides to make some moves on not here's, allowing this to happen anymore here's a problem do you and want, i mean you could do the same thing with like all the other when the cops shoot somebody though do you want that blood on your hands well i mean it, it happened right outside of mitch mcconnell's house i think that he's a little bit responsible for what happened here to be fair though how are you going to plan that uh that kind of protest because as we know turtles carry their houses on their back and that means you'd have to find him where he is and then well he's the he's there right there. now because he fell off his deck and broke his shoulder oh, so right. we found out he, he has bones this week <laughs> yay Make he doesn't look like a man with bones but apparently there's a couple Well, to be fair we can't prove he has a spine but we can prove that he has a shoulder blade because he broke that and just to think <laughs> they just float <laughs> inside of his body we were that. we were that close like he went down on his shoulder if he had just turned slightly more yeah and all our problems go away <laughs> mm. so sad but anyway so uh, nancy pelosi not to be outdone by the doing nothing and talking about it <laughs> political candidates uh got it all of the uh house together and was like we are ready to come back early and we are going to put this to a vote but let's just be honest um the Senate's not going to do anything. Mitch McConnell's a huge problem. So we're not going to come back early. We're not going to have a vote that doesn't matter. We're going to focus our efforts on getting Mitch McConnell out of office and winning back seats in the Senate. And I'm like, oh, so <laughs> the un- nothing. <laughs> the unreasonable plan. We're going to do You've nothing. you decided okay. to go with the plan that isn't going to work. Like- yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, good for you. Um, uh, and I, again, just back to my original thing, which is many of the candidates hold public office right now. Yeah. Why are you putting out plans about, like, when I'm president, I'm going to do this? Well, you're a senator. Yeah. Go put that yeah. in in the Senate right now. Yeah. You know Mitch McConnell. <laughs> like, you, you have his number. Like, you can reach yeah. him if you... Honestly, how good, how good would the press, uh, like, the press event be when you go 
you, presidential candidate, I don't know, Bernie Sanders, although he probably is not the one, Like, uh, and Kamala is not going to do a gun thing because, you know, <laughs> she's a, a cop. Uh, Cory Booker. Yeah. Cory Booker walking in through the Capitol with a, a press gaggle behind him. Yeah. And he goes to open up the Senate chamber door, and it... He locked. You yeah. turn back around, you look at the press, and you're just like, well, I guess Mitch McConnell doesn't find this emergency situation to be such an emergency. Well, luckily, I do, and I want to make sure that he, the first time he comes back to work, sees it. And you nail your uh, gun bill on the door like the fucking 95 pieces. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> bop, 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 or and like, you walk uh, away. Or the fucking, uh, God damn it, uh, the church document. God 95 theses. No, the other one. That's which one? What are you talking about? That when uh, Protestantism started, that's the ninety-five thesis. No, 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 the other one. What other one? There was another. God, I can't remember the guy's name. Why is this blanket on me right now? Ugh. German guy. Refor- they started the Reformation. Can't remember. It'll come to me later. What document was it? I'll yell it in the middle of scary <laughs> stories we tell in the dark. <laughs> Get kicked out of Alamo. <laughs> What document? I'll Wait, probably what? yell the wrong document too. Let's do this. What document? What I'll document? Just be like Magna Carta. Nope, that's not <laughs> it. Nope, that's a government document. Um, did, was it reforming the Catholic Church? Wasn't it the Lutherans? Okay, Martin Luther. Didn't he? Didn't nailed he? the ninety-five his ninety-five thesis to the door of the Wittenberg Church? Okay, so we are thinking about which the is same the thing. reference that I just made. There is another document. When I though, said that was nailed like to the a 95 no, there thesis. Was, there was another, there was another one that mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. No, I, yep. I, I, I'm not wrong about this. I, <laughs> I know this is the case. Religious documents <laughs> nailed to the door of a church. Wait, <laughs> like how many let's can we see. <laughs> uh, religious documents uh, nailed to the door. If weird things are happening to the, to the screen right now, church. just know that we're it's now. I have it in studio mode, so nothing's going to change. It was Luther and his ninety-five thesis. Luther, 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 Luther and his ninety-five thesis. Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther. Luther and his ninety-five thesis. Ninety-five theses. Luther nailed his ninety-five theses. Is there another name for the ninety-five theses? No, it's uh, it's called the ninety-five theses. Is there something that maybe Catholics would call it that I that I've just been completely <laughs> unaware? Well, I mean, yeah, they they would call it uh, <laughs> like that silly bitch, the silly bitch document. Yeah, or yeah, the the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the disputation on the power of indulgences. Mm. No, that doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. Not, not what you were thinking about. Okay. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I'll just yell something later during the movie <laughs> and get kicked out. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, hey. So here's my point. Go do that. You just act like you're doing something and not just coming up with a. If you vote for me, I'll do this. No, yeah. fucking go do it. You can do it. Well, um, uh, and uh, well, go ahead. Yes, sir. Another thing is most people in America agree with. With a lot of the things that you could get passed on a on a on a gun bill, yeah, like most people don't want access to assault rifles. That's like both Democrats and Republicans strongly in favor of people not being able to have easy access to assault rifles. People want to have background checks on people who get guns. They want waiting periods. They want there to be some sort of government reference for people who are not only gun owners, but have committed crimes to be able to like cross-reference these things. These yeah. are all things that are wildly popular across both Democratic and Republican circles. There's no reason why you wouldn't be able to pass it if you wanted to, other than the fact that the NRA has a lot of these Republicans in a vice grip for what they're, <laughs> for, you know, sticking with them through thick and thin. Yep. And, like, there's, like, I, I know the the one that the, the the NRA always brings up is like the gun ownership rate in like Sweden or something like that or what what which what the Nordic so countries up there it's Switzerland Switzerland yeah it's like a ninety five percent gun ownership yeah rate. like everyone yeah. owns guns but basically everyone's guns are locked up in a place where you can go shoot them but mm-hmm. you can't have them other than that. can't have them at your house yeah and yeah. you have to take like an extensive training course to mm-hmm. be able to use the gun. And you, everyone is permitted and regulated and stuff like that. And re-permitted, like you have to yeah. go get requalified. And you can only buy bullets at specialized locations and stuff like that. Yes. Like there, there's a lot of things that go into the gun laws across the country that just seem foreign to Americans. But there's plenty of things that we could do that could dramatically solve a lot. I mean, like I don't. Yeah, I, I, me personally, I don't care if somebody owns a gun. I care in so much as it seems like it dramatically increases the ability for somebody to shoot a lot of people with it, uh, which I don't want to have happen. But I don't if you're a responsible person, I don't care if you have a gun. I don't see the reason to have 
you know, like a bazooka or something like that. Like, there's no reason you can make to me that you should have that other than if you're going to a place where you can fire it safely. You know, like you shouldn't be able to have a bazooka in your closet. Why not? But you should be able to have a bazooka at the range where you're able to fire it. Why can't I have a bazooka in my closet? Because what's the point? It's not like you're you're protecting yourself from home invaders at, with the bazooka in your closet. What's the point of a lot of the rights articulated in the Bill of Rights? You may never need the right to avoid self-incrimination. Yeah. So what's the point of it? <laughs> I know, I, I know where you're going with this. You're you're trying to get me into another conversation about like preparing yourself for the violent overthrow of the government and stuff like that. But I'm I, just, just saying, have you ever had to uh, face a, a uh, penalty from the government that was unfair and extreme? So if the Eighth Amendment doesn't apply to you, uh, why should you even be able to embrace it? Mm, I think that there should be more. I I just I, people can't be trusted with the guns. That's the problem. Listen, I'm all for I'm all for permitting. I'm all for testing. I'm all for. I don't want to. I don't, domestic I don't want to take guns, guns away from people. I just want only the people who who should be trusted to have them be able to have them. I agree, and, and I, I think want that to be the person. A lot of people. I think a lot of people would qualify hypothetically to own guns. I think that a lot of the people who currently own guns are not those people. That's yes. the problem. Like, yes. The people who are who are more inclined to like to want to have a gun are the people who are more inclined to cause trouble with said gun. Yes. If uh, my mom wanted to own a gun in case somebody tried to like break into the house or something like that mm-hmm. and she never once fired it mm-hmm. other than like, you know, a couple times a year when she went to the range, I would be perfectly fine with that cuz I trust my mom is not going to go shoot up people. However, I would be fearful that your mom would actually be injured by the gun that she has cuz you're far more likely to have that gun taken from you. Yeah, because she's oh, I, not likely to use it on something. Oh, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm saying like, but you know, I, I, I wouldn't stand in her, her right to get it, to yeah. get it if she wanted it. But the problem is that all the people who say like, you know, like, oh, I'm getting a gun, are the people who are like, I'm more worried that you're going to like go yeah. shoot up a bunch of people. To be fair, the only uh, people who want guns that we know of are, you know, like uh, lunatics, lunatics who are like. <laughs> maybe like abusive of the people in their life and like to control them and, uh, you know, tell them what to do. And just seems like those kind of people are gun people. Yeah. I mean, I'm not clearly, but I also don't own guns. So right. One of those things. Yeah. Anyway. Do we have anything else on the list? Uh, we did. I, the only thing left is just, uh, you haven't seen it, but just go, go check out the video of the, of the, the, uh, child whose father was taken by ice. Like it's heart wrenching. And I want everyone to watch that video. And then I want you to go check out the tweet from the Anne Frank Center in um, in Amsterdam. Yeah. And I want you to compare those two things and imagine Anne Frank at seven years old, which is about the same age as that child, when they took her family away. And then luckily the community hid her before they came for her and secreted her away to uh, the Netherlands, out of Germany into the Netherlands. Um, I just remember that... We used to have these thought experiments where we said, what would you do if the Nazis came for your neighbor? Yeah. And literally, the Nazis are coming for your neighbors now. Yeah. So it's not a thought experiment anymore. It is, what will you do when the Nazis come for your neighbor? And try to stick, try to just take the dad and put the his children in a camp somewhere. Like, who, and this, again, how is this not purgatory? Who are we? Who are we as a country that this shit is happening? But well, and that's a, the, 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 I feel like I feel like so many candidates for president could just be saying like, "Where are we as a country? Like, do we really want even this to be like our worst, the worst part of us? Like, yeah, like it, what's what's to me? I feel like America is always a a, a work in progress, and there's always going to be things that are wrong, and we're always going to be striving to be better, but. There are times where we actively do things that are known to be wrong and it sets us back. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the place we're at right now. Yep. Anyway, that's depressing. You know what's not though? Oh the anthem.com. Cordio the anthem.com. Oh the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line. 443-219-7595. What's the number again? 443-219-7595. You can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash Corey Baker Film, or at Legend CB5 on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, 
Uh, I did a review for The Farewell this past week. We're talking about going to Alamo tonight and seeing a movie, so uh, I will hopefully have another one up on Monday for y'all. And uh, don't know beyond that because I have a very busy (laughs) work schedule for the next uh, week and a half, so we'll see. But I'm always striving for new reviews. Go, Go check them out. And remember, uh, they're available in podcast form, too. Yes, at so anchor.fm forward slash Corey Baker film. Yeah, you're so good at this promotion thing. <laughs> of course, you can find everything from me at Robert N. Cheek on all your social networks. Make sure you check out robertncheek.com where you can find links to my political blog, the news website, and the books, which are available on Amazon. Barrow's books. Uh, I can now say for sure, The Calls, The Movement, uh, Short Stories book, and uh, The Chair are all available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and anywhere you can get digital books, all there and in paperback form. What? I, have, I am. Uh, once Corey gets off of this job, we are going to get the cover done for one of them. Something. Foe. Foe. Was that the last one I was waiting on? Yes. For Foe, which I edited this week. I've got most of the editing done. We're on schedule once again for a September release. Mm-hmm. So four books this year. <laughs> also, we are at one, two, three. Three already. Also, the uh, the website when I have free time as well. Yes, is going to be coming as well. So yes, so keep that in mind. We got yeah. a lot of exciting stuff happening. Uh, but yes, book uh, books are up. So go check them out. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good, but as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. And, uh, you know, maybe not so much of the uh, children in cages thing. Yes. Or the oh. shooting people or the, <laughs> or the sex trafficking. You know, I, I have a bit of advice. <laughs> or the batting left-handed. All I, the worst things this week. I have a bit of advice that will fix all of that. Guillotines? Guillotines! <laughs>